0: Let's go, Binge Town. How we feeling today? It's your boy Dave, and I am joined by fellow Binge Town host Luke. Today we are covering episodes three and four of Invincible, aka the best show on television right now. You can find our full catalog of shows that we've covered, and if you want them in a more presentable, organized fashion, you should check out our website, BingeTownTV.com. Follow all of our socials. I'm not going to say the name of the podcast again. You know where to find X, Instagram, you name it. We're all there. Lastly, be sure to check out our new Discord. We've recently fired that up, and it is popping off, so definitely check it all out. Now, I'm going to get us back into Invincible. I personally thought these two episodes were rivaling maybe even the best episodes of the entire series, maybe specifically episode four. I won't jump the gun too quickly. Maybe we'll we'll simmer my excitement a little bit by the end of this recording, but I'm just going to hand it over to Luke really quickly for the layout of this recording and maybe a couple thoughts on the episode as well.
1: So mad we have to talk about episode three when episode four exists, because <laughs> what is there to think about besides that Mark storyline? And, and I guess spoiler alert, if you haven't seen him yet, Omni-Man storyline, because that is the shit I live for. Super unexpected. All came out of left field. Didn't expect this show to go this way, but I have never had more excitement than I do after the end of episode four. So I kind of want to just like just roll right into it so we can get to it because God damn, there was so much to talk about there. Yes, sir. Okay. So we're going to start with episode three called This Missive, This Machination. I have it written down as, as just Mark's storyline, Debbie's quick couple of scenes, and then the Guardians get a couple of scenes. The rest of it is all just going to be related to Alan the Alien, which did not expect for him to have his own, basically, I don't know, 50% of this episode all to himself, but that ended up being super pivotal to the next episode. So with that being said, let's just get Debbie's episode three storylines out of the way. Um, because I think it's just the easiest. And again, I said this on the last podcast, arguably the most boring, nothing to do with her character. It's really just how interesting everything else is because she's still focused on getting over Nolan, leaving her and kind of destroying her whole entire life. But kind of like we talked about last podcast, she ended up reaching out to Olga's contact for that soup AA meeting or basically spouses of the superheroes. So we have her go through that scene. We could talk about that. And then she eventually ends up opening herself up to the first person that's showing her some empathy and it backfires right away where she now feels twice as shitty about herself because the superhero she was married to pretty much caused all these spouses to be widows or widowies. I don't even know if that's the right term for guys, but anyway, it's a pretty depressing storyline, but open the table, whatever you want to bring up, we can talk about. But that's that's
0: where we're at. No, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I don't have really too many notes on the scenes that with what Mark's mom's going through. I mean, obviously, I'm very sympathetic to her situation. Obviously, she is just a product of Nolan and Omni-Man and the whole situation that happened. So, but that's just really, a, a, like you said, all the other storylines are just so much more captivating This is, you know, your generic widow of a wife who's just we're reaching here. But the only thing I wanted to call out here is that her scene just parallels very well with what Kate was referring to with immortal people understanding other situations. You know, she met this man and she felt like he was a good match for her because they were sympathetic in their situations together about their spouses leaving or or, sorry, dying rather kind of the theme here of this episode. And fuck Alana's husband. That guy sucks. He was great at first, and I was like rooting for them to be a couple. And then the moment she admits to the husband. He just flips and turns. Yeah, and that was just so, it's just like, why are you blaming her for this? Like, exactly. They sh-
1: If anybody should be sympathetic, it should be this group, but whatever. Who cares? It just kind of spirals into her episode four storyline where it takes a whole nother step to her actually making changes in her life. But the one thing I like that and I want to call out just because it's lore building is that the wife of this guy who starts freaking out at Debbie was the green ghost that got murdered in um episode one, which that's just cool. But uh,
0: yeah, so yeah, just some, if, someone that you i never thought we would hear their name ever again. And here they exa- are making an impact on the story exactly so okay walk away from
1: debbie until episode four let's crank out the guardians next because they are also only two quick scenes here it's mostly about uh, what's monster girl and rudy's little adventure of them trying to normalize rudy because he's very weird didn't have a normal life and then also we have that duplicate and rex fight um and you kind of already just mentioned one of the coolest takeaways from it was that kate is with the immortal because the immortal is 2000 years old. He's died so many times. And so has Kate, and I really love the line where she says, basically, if you add up all the lifespans of everybody that has been like, when she uses her powers, she's like the same age. So all that was really cool. And then you get the shape Smith acting like a freaking weirdo.
0: And I feel like he's just going to be co- like, so comical every time he's on the screen, he is way better. Comedic relief than Rex will ever be yeah he, he's right. just so funny when he's just running backwards in place on the treadmill it's not even on that was hilarious but yeah like you said it was just cool how they broke down the math of how kate views her relationship with immortal because it is funny and yeah rex is just continuing to take l's i just don't like rex as a character that's all i really have to say about i'm that.
1: rooting pretty hard for uh monster girl and rudy like to
0: be together okay, i yeah, love and- i
1: kind of like what's going on there
0: in terms of that relationship, I'm definitely all in for it. I thought their their scenes were very cute together. You know, he tastes the burger for the first time, which is really funny. And he's like, this doesn't look appetizing. And then he tries and he's like, okay, now I kind of understand why people like this stuff and the fries were gone. Like those were all cute scenes. and I'm definitely rooting for them. But the show yeah. just makes me know that we just can't have nice things. I just feel like something's going to happen to one of the two of them.
1: So it did seem like it was an important scene with uh, Rudy trying to conquer his fear and I guess suppress any human emotions that he thinks aren't valuable for fighting because they are so much weaker than everybody else. And they got so they're so outclassed when it comes to like Viltrumites. So I do like the idea of them not training, but doing whatever they can to get stronger because they're right now they're fodder to me.
0: I'd like that you brought up the Viltrumites, too, because it's funny that I mean, I'm jumping the gun here a little bit, but obviously like Omni-Man is experiencing new emotions as well as mm-hmm. Robot here. So it's just a lot of parallels going on. That here. is a good.
1: Yeah, that's a good parallel for sure. Um, yeah. So hopefully the Guardians get stronger because right now I only really see Eve as being the only useful and person and the immortal, I guess. And then, yeah, so it would probably be those two. Everybody else is just straight fodder for now. Okay, cool. We got the easy buckets out of the way. Let's go through Mark's storyline because he's going to be such a center of episode four that we'll just talk about his lead up into episode four, and then we'll give Alan the proper focus that Seth Rogen deserves. If you didn't know that, that was Seth Rogen who who voices him. Also, yeah. an executive producer, I want to say for the show as a whole, so he's very involved with the Which background. Is, I feel stuff. like
0: if you didn't know that was Seth Rogen, you're living under a rock because yeah. you just close your eyes, hear his voice, and you just—it's just, it's just mm-hmm. so you know it's Seth Rogen suppresses the laugh though doesn't, doesn't didn't yeah make we haven't the gotten the laugh lab, yet. Yeah. might never mm, spoiler yeah, alan doesn't <laughs> seem like a laughing kind of guy he seems like a smiler big smiler i just man he might be fucking
1: dead who knows oh uh,
0: de- yeah, yeah true
1: all right so before we get to that though we're gonna give mark his time to shine here and 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 i guess upstate university is the setting that we're, we're going through here because mark's finally going to college I didn't know if it was going to progress this much but because we knew it's been months and months since the end of season one and he was applying to that to this college so we're kind of here Amber and Mark and William are all accepted to this college they're all going to be freshmen one of the lines I'm just going to bring it up right now I thought was pretty funny was when Debbie was dropping him off and she's like don't do drugs he goes would they even like work on me and that's
0: like such a good question because they would not there's no way She's like, don't even bother trying. I wanted to like record that scene and send it to my mom. I feel like she would have yeah. appreciated that one. <laughs>
1: Um, but it was a good intro into college and like their new lifestyles because they have the, all the scenes with like you know the classic tropes of setting up with your your posters on the wall like some kid's gonna be a little too nerdy the other's concerned with only getting laid you see mm-hmm. like the whole college dorm set up so pretty standard stuff here but the more important piece I guess is we do get the first or uh, maybe not the first but like a more centered glimpse into the dog I did not write his name down because I know they dog. Changed. Seance dog, yes, yes, duh. So we get the seance dog scenes, Mark's trying to grow up a little bit, throwing out all of his old tools except for the seance uh, collectible, all that good stuff. But then, I guess in the actual episode itself, we go to Mark and Amber banging for the first time and then... We're gonna to flash to Alan, but all of this is happening, and I really like the angle that they took with the narrator having meta fourth wall breaking jokes. Like, what the? He's like going back and forth. Doesn't wants to avoid all the all the sex basically, which is am, kind of
0: hilarious. Felt like Rick and Morty a little bit. I am totally on team that that narrator is gonna play a role somehow into this show. I just don't put it past them at all because it just reminds me of who's the Marvel character from uh, What If? Is it literally um, the narrator? It's, it's the Watcher. It's, The watcher, watcher. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like someone like that watching over everything, and because we're already talking dimensions anyway, so this was literally the first episode that I, I'm pretty sure, ever had a narrator. And this, like, coincidentally, Mm -hmm. it's at the same time. You know, we're venturing deeper out into space. You know, it's not just within the confines of Earth. A little bit in the atmosphere of Earth, like we are venturing out. So I I took note of it right away. I was like a Mm narrator. Like I literally have narrator question mark, and it's just something that I'm not going to put past the show writers to include the narrator as a character. Yeah,
1: everything's pretty purposeful. So I would agree with you that I hope that comes I thought originally it was going to be Alan, but then you could That's tell right away it too. wasn't Seth yes. Rogen.
0: Yeah. Yes. That's the, the same thing. I was thinking it was someone that we like it was a yeah a narrator of someone that we knew, but they just never revealed themselves. So I'm definitely we're putting a pin in that one. It was funny that Mark was having sex for the first time because like we've obviously known that him and Amber have been out together a while and I just the realism of him not only growing with his powers, but just like, you know, his human real life side is just really funny.
1: And they have those conversations, which this show takes it to the realistic level, similar to the boys, which I love, of course. And they're like talking about it. Like, is your sperm like gonna kill me or like Dude, what's going yeah. on
0: there? She was killing the, the, the vibes for a little bit there. I was getting a little annoyed with the questions, but to be honest, they are certainly valid questions. And it's funny because in one
1: of the Marvel comic iterations, spider-man gives mary jane cancer through because of his radioactive or weird spe- sperm.
0: sperm yeah yeah
1: so it's funny that they like that they even took that angle to talk about it but anyway they hook up we're flashing back and forth between alan and and earth but we're going to stick with earth for now this is where the quote-unquote seance dog shows up in the form of
0: new new Zot. new Zot. okay
1: The Thraxian alien bug grasshopper, as Mark would like to say, shows up asking for help. And I took away that he was being a little sketchy. I didn't obviously guess that it was going to be him taking him to Nolan, but I knew I thought there was going to be something dangerous by the way he was talking to Mark and saying there's 42. The 42 billion bug people thing was a cool name drop, too, but or a number drop. But he was saying that the meteor shower is destroying their planet. They need invincible right now. That didn't really i don't understand how they would have gotten that information about invincible without it being something right. like Omni- i mean, in but i didn't guess that
0: yeah. yeah looking back i mean it's so obvious like you're right like how would that well, how would they have name of invincible traveled so far anyway and you're absolutely right. like looking back it's so obvious that it, sh- it was nolan sending the plans but my only hesitation was new did present themselves as nice to me like they got they passed the vibe check at least to me but I, it's when everyone was saying their goodbyes to mark is when i was a little bit like things are not gonna go the way he thinks they are and it was i think cecil you know telling him to to not go and then he hangs up the phone and he's like that damn kid that was like that small combat and then amber mm-hmm. there's a pause in their phone call when she's like just be really careful you know and that those were the moments that for me it was like okay something not planned is going to happen for mark and as soon as they land it's it's kind of coming out a little bit he's like oh there's Oh, the meteors. Yeah, my dementia. And the other line I'll throw in here, too, with the 42 billion, which was wild, was I spent most of my life looking for you. When he said that, I Mm -hmm. was like, hmm, that threw me off for a little bit. Had but that, that actually
1: does make sense, though, oh, yeah. because of like the whole reveal he, later he, that they live a year. The, he might that have been species. ten years
0: old, yeah, when they sent him out to to look for Mark, or you know, like thirteen, and now he's like maybe fifteen or sixteen in human age of
1: their age. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But you brought up a couple of good things. there, like, yeah, like the Cecil line. He kind of threw that little dig at him, which he knows gets under Mark's skin when he says, "Dude, I hate. Oh, when that's he, just like your father. I hate when yeah, he says like, that. Oh. I'm getting.
0: I'm totally." anti-cecil right now i'm i'm fuck cecil he's being a dick he knows that line hits mark differently and i get that cecil also felt betrayed from omni like everyone felt betrayed from omni man we get that we get it and this is cecil's way of kind of rebuild those grounds i guess but fuck you man like mark is doing what he thinks is right and Mm -hmm. you're just keeping him on this leash that we've talked about well i'm just gonna say it now that now that we know that there's a chance omni man's not
1: Not only not the villain of this entire show, he may be an ally to Mark going forward, which hopefully that I mean, maybe. Right, right. But the reason I'm saying that is because I thought this whole show was going to be taking the route of like, we need to kill Omni-Man. He is basically Homelander. Homelander, But clearly it's not going to do that. So now I'm comfortable with setting the microscope on Cecil and saying like, fuck this guy now. I'm more comfortable as because now we don't have Omni-Man as the way to be like the ultimate bad guy where Cecil could be the ultimate bad guy of Earth mixed with whoever the king or the the leader of viltrum is like those could be the two main bad guys rather than it being omni-man and in that case definitely fuck cecil because because all the donald stuff too is pointing to like yo like cecil is fucking everybody over doesn't tell anybody or trust anybody
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i completely agree do you think if they do go with the route of omni-man being quote-unquote good if he makes it that long are you okay with it because i personally think i I don't mind it at all, honestly, because like of, of the things that you said that now that we've been introduced to like a bigger bad potentially with the Viltrumites and who their potential ruler is of all of them, we've already kind of seen how broken Omni Man was over all of this, and I like this duality that he is having here. I think it's really cool. I mean, it might be a played out kind of storyline, but I honestly am loving everything so far.
1: Yeah, I thought there was a zero percent chance. Oh, me that- too he wasn't going to be bad so this is really throwing me off but i'm okay with it with it with it taking this turn like i just didn't predict it so i'm still kind of absorbing and we literally just watched the episode so it's like it's hard to pick a standpoint right now but so far so good this does seem like a very interesting way for this to turn and somehow make nolan good again and then i want to bring this up as well because this episode is the first time i ever was just like I like you, Amber, basically when she, when he yeah. calls her and it's like, I got to go. And she's completely okay with it and says like, go save lives. This is the first time where I'm like in, I'm cool with Amber. And hopefully if she sticks with this theme of being like a good girlfriend to a superhero that has, bigger responsibilities like i'll be fine with her going forward still wish mark and eve get together but who knows right now i'm good with
0: amber no issues she made that quote my note is literally was worried amber wasn't going (laughs) to understand yeah yeah exactly i'm (laughs) very happy that she was understanding i mean obviously we do see that she is struggling with it which she has every right to i mean mark is going to be away for months it seems like at this point and he didn't really even give a clear time frame of when he's going to be back and you know when she's talking with adam eve and she's like oh you know <laughs> things are great he's going to be gone for a while and it's like i get that frustration but at least as long as she is telling mark that she's okay with it and she understands the roles that, responsibilities yeah then she's good
1: um okay you kind of covered a little bit of the them landing on the actual planet itself uh, thrax thraxa uh and then yeah when they say we got to bring you to the to the monarch like i knew in that moment that it was going to be nolan but like I'm sure everyone he did, but the, the quote didn't. is great when he goes, it's been a while. And that's the name of episode four. Like That was just a good way
0: to end the episode because I was like, holy shit, <laughs> man. What a moment. Oh, when they showed that scene, every week it's this shit and more so this show than others in the, ter- in the sense of the cliffhangers that I feel for this show are like, they're hard cliffhangers that I just, mm-hmm. I can't live another week without you know i need answers right away it's so hard yeah
1: i don't know how people watched that episode and then waited a week we are lucky <laughs> enough to have the screeners that we just got to watch both of them but and now we're like gonna more time but now yeah. we
0: might be in that bucket and i'm not looking forward to it
1: yeah um okay so we're gonna put a pin in thraxa thraxa right yeah Thraxa. yeah i think it's um thraxa, yeah. yeah so now we're gonna pick up with alan's storyline maybe i'm wrong about this but is this not the home of the uh coalition of the planets like the the council i guess of the coalition of the planets right
0: mm-hmm. that's, that's what, what this I is take, that's what i take it as i think we can refer to that at, until they say otherwise
1: right okay because i'm going to bring something up a little bit later so just keep that in mind that this is the home of the coalition of planets that alan's introduced to us back in season one when he accidentally came to earth instead of earth to mm-hmm. to check for viltramites and stuff so But this is a really cool side storyline. Like, he even got his own title card, I think. Mm -hmm. It's at Alan the Alley, which they they break that meta wall like all the time, and it's fucking amazing. But we find out a lot about his backstory, which I didn't expect to get, but it was really good. He is from Unopa.
0: Unopa? Yeah, Unopa. Yes.
1: So this was just like a peaceful planet. And then eventually it got easily conquered by the Viltramites. It was just like a quick seen quick flash showing Alan's planet getting taken over. And you find out that they actually did rebel back against the Viltrumites when they thought they had their last shot because they had advanced technology, but they still got absolutely rolled over. But unlike other planets, it seemed that they at least got a few survivors out and those survivors that they sent to space to escape and and you know be the survival of their species... They started growing other species in a way to to fight viltrumites to be the ultimate weapon against the viltrumites, and it pretty much failed all around except for Alan. He was the only successful specimen. I should I'll say that, and even him, he it was pretty obvious after he attempted to fight back against the viltrumites that he was still outclassed. So instead. What the Coalition of the Planets use him for now is he's basically a he's like a talent scout to go around the universe to find people that can help rebel against the Viltrumites. And we learn all this from the leader of the Coalition of the Planets, Thaddeus, who's going to be seems like a very important person. I don't trust him. I'm sure you don't either just because of his last final scenes. But Mm -hmm. there's just a bunch of good dialogue scenes here. So I'll leave it at that to talk about everything before Alan meets up with Talia.
0: So just like that whole thaddeus and anything else you want to bring up there i really like the alan backstory and yeah we were talking about oh is alan you know dead or not And in my head i immediately thought he's a clone like they should easily be able to quote unquote fix him or you know replace his tissue but you're right they kept emphasizing the fact that he has been the only successful one and it seems like they've even continued these experiments after alan and they haven't gone well so my thought was that oh i i wasn't really worried that he was on death's row or like potentially killed. But now that I'm thinking about it, it could be over for him. But again, yeah. there's like cloning has also been introduced, yeah. you know, with the maulers. I mean, they could easily probably take that mind of Alan and put it into a new body. If they ever do get it to be successful again, you know, and maybe the, or n- a the different new body dimension. or yeah. And maybe his yeah. new body is kind of like way better. Like he becomes vision in a sense that, you know, he just gets a way upgraded body and, I, who knows? I really don't know what to think. And my notes were immediately when the head council member, what is his name? Tha- Thad, Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Yeah. Thaddeus. When he mentions the rat, my note immediately was, it's either going to be Alan's girlfriend or him. It wasn't like a big deal that it wasn't obvious, you know, like they, they showed it, but within 20 minutes, who the rat was anyway. So it's, mm-hmm. it wasn't really too big of a deal. They made it present. But the only other thing I'll say here is that the show does a fantastic job of building up the Viltrumites. Like we have yeah. only really ever seen Nolan, we at well, we only have seen Nolan. It's it gets me so hype. I'm just like things are about yeah. to go down. I just think the show has done that so well of building them up. The world
1: building for the Viltrumites has just gone through the roof these two episodes, like these last two, because we haven't seen anybody besides Nolan, right? And mm-hmm. we get three of them in these two episodes, and they at, at least, hey, yeah, I guess all three end up talking a lot. Uh, mostly yeah. in episode four, only the girl talks in episode three when she's confronting Alan in space. But mm-hmm. I knew Thaddeus was being my notes are like he's being sketchy about this whole thing because he's talking to Alan in front of the council and they're like, right. OK, like. Viltrumites are getting more aggressive. They're taking over more planets. And then they ask him about Mark because a Viltrumite hasn't fought a Viltramite since the great purge, which was, I assume the original, I think the name of the original Viltramite sweep of all the weakness, killing everybody before they started expanding. So I think literally Viltrumites never fight each other until this instance, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Um, and then you can comment on that if you want, but I wanted to also point out that I thought I saw on the council who didn't have any lines. You saw the lion species yep. from last season, which
0: that's the species that hates Viltramites with like a passion, right? I don't know if they hate. I know for a fact that someone had brought up to me that they are just basically a species of people that are just looking for the strongest. They just always okay. want to fight whoever the strongest is. So it could mean that they, because of that, they hate the Viltramites, like that they'll never be as strong as them. But I just also yeah. know that they maybe consider them as like rivals, I guess. I did works, definitely make so. note of that line because I don't think it was. It did not seem like it was the same one that beat the shit out of Mark from season one, because I feel like there would have been some sort of interaction between the two. Like, oh, you remember that time like I beat you into the fucking... Right. He just looked very similar to him, but it's definitely That's what I assumed.
1: I assumed. I do want that species to come back into play, because in season one, he was a tank. Like, he actually was destroying all these superheroes and Mark on top of that. The
0: club right down on Mark in the chest. That was so badass. So good, yeah.
1: And then let's just finish talking about this storyline is that ending scene when he's in space. And that scared the shit out of me when he's like about to tell his girl, he's talking to the girlfriend and then right away, like he just gets ripped out there by the, by the three Viltrumites who are interrogating him about Omni-Man abandoning the post. But he is, I guess, if you want to just say morally good person here, like he just keeps his mouth shut. He's not a rat and he just takes this beating and the beating was fucking intense and crazy but it was so cool how they did the physics of everything in space like uh-huh. every time he was getting punched the blood would freeze instantly and like slide off the screen and just the way his eye was like fl- oh god the whole thing was incredible i didn't think that it was going to end this way where he's just in pieces. I actually thought he was dead right there on the spot. So the fact that he survived to get put into that like hyperbolic chamber to heal, I feel like he didn't die. I, I really don't know, because if he died, why even have that scene? I guess to show ex- Thaddeus is the rat, maybe, but it feels like Alan is
0: someone that's going to be around that's exactly my thought and again with everything that we've been talking about with the whole cloning process and then they've found Alan once before I'm sure they can somehow find him again with the DNA and blood that he has I I don't think this is the end of Alan but I will agree that the beatdowns in this show are legitimately the best I just love how like the sound effects of the punching just how much blood it is like I do get sick to my stomach kind of just like watching this this show because it is so gruesome but lord knows i fucking love watching someone get their fucking ass kicked in the show the sound effects are amazing it gets me hype for some reason no matter who's getting who like who's getting their ass kicked it could be mark getting their ass kicked it could be omni man not that that would ever happen but like it's Mm -hmm. still just it's fucking hype (laughs) um
1: okay so i got two points left and then we can move on to episode four the first is put it on the board right now is alan gonna be alive or is he dead um i'm gonna say he's alive He's alive. Okay. I'm going to say the same just because it feels weird to not have just killed him in space if he was going to die. But Mm. so we'll both guess that. Okay. And then my last thing I want to say, and this seems to be more of a writing issue I have, is that restaurant that he basically got his ass beat out in front of was right next to the planet of the council, right? If it was... I guess what would your comments
0: be then? if that was my whole thing is
1: why would the Viltrumites not just Just destroy the council? Yeah, if that is the planet and they knew how to find Alan, because Alan, even if that's not the planet, they knew how to find Alan and Alan was on the planet at some point. So I don't understand how the coalition of the planets is avoiding the Viltrumites just destroying them if they know they exist.
0: It's got to do something with Thaddeus, like him providing them information. Like if he is the in to finding all planets that are unconquered. Then why not just like keep that one planet around to find other planets, capture no, that, them, and then just save it for works. that? That yeah.
1: works. That totally clears it up. And that might be what it is. I'm just, I thought it was worth having the conversation because I don't understand yeah. why they don't just, they're right there and they could have just walked down and destroyed everybody. But you're that right. And
0: might be a good reason. And plus, they did mention that the Enopians at some point like had a technology that they thought was capable of taking down filtermites And I feel like even though it didn't, the fact that they thought it could kind of makes Viltrumites think that, oh, you know, we can't, just go, yeah, we can't just yeah. go guns a blazing anymore into places. Really.
1: Okay. I'm fine with either explanation. I just need yeah. it. I need an explanation in the future, which I'm but sure I, they'll
0: give us. You're right. When you asked the question, that was kind of my immediate thought is like they could just easily just rain down hell. Like, I mean, yeah. they, w- they, w- they conquered that bug planet. W- Would have been less than a day, probably, if not for Omni-Man and Mark. Exactly. So, okay, cool.
1: All right, we flew through that pretty quick. We're going to keep the pace going because this is just how we're going to cover Invincible, we'll just get hype, talk about the fun stuff. And now on to episode four. It's been a while. And we're going to save Mark and Omni-Man and the Bug Planet for last and clean up the other buckets and just go through them because there's a lot of random scenes sporadically spread out. And we're not going to kill the vibes once we start hitting Thraxa because, mm-hmm. geez, man, that, stuff was, that was hype. So I'm going to suggest we just start with the two separate mauler scenes one happens pretty early and then one happens as the epilogue as as this show likes to do when the credits hit they give you another like two minute scene so that is all featuring the maulers and i'm on record saying this i love these guys i think they're such a great side character and they do show their importance every once in a while especially with angstrom's up but here it's really just seeing the implications of the maulers when they go through this cloning process and they know which one is the original and shit just hits the fan in the most like hilarious, like predictable way ever where we see them. We know that this is the first time they've ever done this, where they know who the original is. And it immediately turns to King mauler who gets killed by poison by the clone who doesn't, who knows he's a clone. It's just fucking hilarious and perfect. And it already, and it just quickly puts them back to square one, but also like, gives us that understanding of who these characters are and and basically why they actually need to do this not knowing who the original clone is but just throw any comments you want because that that's they're just fun they're fun every time they're on the screen
0: they're absolutely fun and you're right whenever the maulers come on this like the screen i'm just edge of my seat because it's either gonna be something like pretty funny or something important to the story at least that is Mm -hmm. happening and are just two great characters that i love when we like just do little check-ins on them because it just shows that they are important. My thoughts is that I just wonder: Do you think they're gonna? F- he's gonna follow through with what they were talking about with creating now just an army of Maulers, or do you think this clone is still just gonna make it too?
1: I think the purpose of that final scene was to say like stick to what we've been doing too is fine that's how they survive so yeah. i don't think there's going to be an army of them and that would also kind of yeah. cheapen the thing we saw earlier in the season when we saw all the multi-dimensional maulers it just cheapens that a little bit so i
0: don't agree we'll that route yeah i, I agree i was going to make a counter argument if you disagree with that and basically say that we already got like you said the multiversal yeah. of maulers why would we want hundred regular molars. If we right. already had that with multiversal ones,
1: so they're gonna do something in the second half of the season. That's gonna be wild. I hope, in like my heart of hearts, that they somehow end up turning good in a in a way and are like true allies. Which maybe I just who knows.
0: I just I guess I'm, I'm thinking just what is their purpose right now? I mean, they don't. Not that I need them to have a purpose. Just like I said, I love following their story no matter what. But right now, they had Angstrom get them out
1: weaknesses to angstrom like like i'm saying like he could they end up working with mark to fight angstrom because mm-hmm. he has that knowledge but i don't know because then like how does the how does angstrom even fit in with the viltrumites in general creek like that's a whole separate conversation of like i don't know how that's going to work but it's going to be fuck there's going to be some clash it's going to be crazy mm-hmm. in the second half of the season if you haven't seen the writer's comments on episodes like basically season two that came out recently what the writer said was that episode four is the craziest thing they ever attempted up to that point. And then episode eight is even crazier than that. And I'll totally agree. Episode four is the wildest episode of the series. So if he's saying this is like, this doesn't even compare to the season finale of season two or the, yeah, the season finale season two, like the hype is already so high in my mind after this episode. We'll see though.
0: Episode eight. Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah okay so next we're going to take the williams slash amber slash eve storylines here they kind of separate but it's super quick here the like at first eve shows up to upstate university looking for mark finds out he's not there she's been having a rough week and it just directly turns into her going to fight uh kill cannon who's stealing some sort of power source that robot at the time now rudy but it looked like it was like the guardian's Base or something like that. Maybe it was the I don't know. It was it was something that was it was like a power source that he that he put in that instantly upgraded his gun. So she was fighting against that. And maybe that comes back into play. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe the whole purpose of this bucket or these storyline scenes with Eve was to have her fight him again, realize that she can't save everybody, and then get a little bit depressed and then go back to her parents and revert back to what she was the beginning of season one i don't know that's that's sort of where i'm at right now because she did sandbag william and amber later when she was good supposed to go meet him for for breakfast but it seems like eve is on a bad path and i don't mm-hmm. know like what the next steps are
0: but she's depressed yeah she she went crawling back to the parents which i was upset about because i, I feel like that was them, dude i feel like that was her conceding to that the father at least admitting that everything he said was right and i hated that for her maybe we're just not as good of podcast experts as we think we are, but like was, was that something in season one? I feel like that must have been something that was like glossed over in season one when we had the whole robot robot becoming human arc because that thing I it meant nothing to me to be it's honest. It's not
1: familiar at all. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, it I'm, was a new concept that was re that like introduced, but I don't know.
0: You're right. I couldn't even tell if that was genuinely the Guardians of the Globe's headquarters. I just legitimately thought it was just like a place Eve had just like conjured up and then she's saying oh you came back to this place you know and right he's talking as if like there was like some conflict here and like she's still there it was confusing to me i wasn't really sure how to take it but i yeah i just i felt bad for eve obviously who could not save the couple during her fight with what's his name kill cannon
1: kill cannon and dude her powers man i always harp on this but like there's just insane. Like she doesn't even use them to the full potential. I feel like, but like, it's just so cool. Like how she flies. She grabs she's got to make it interesting. And...
0: Cause yeah, yeah, I feel like when she captured him, when he was falling over the edge or whatever in the ball, it's just like, okay, just squish or something or turn him into But she she opts to throw him and it's just like ah you could have done so much more (laughs) exactly
1: exactly uh but that's it it's not nothing else is really important um for her scenes or amber and William. so let's move on to i have debbie and donald mixed together here because of the timing of their scenes but it's we'll take them one at a time here and i'll just start with debbie because it's a direct continuation of her depression that was caused by the superhero anonymous or the spouse anonymous spouse, super, whatever the spouse superhero shit. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so she's still depressed and she goes and visits Nolan's grave. And so you can tell that she's still holding on to these feelings for Nolan. And she has a couple of visits throughout this episode just to, you know, check up on her and see where she is mentally. And the first person that visits, tries to visit her is Donald. And so She's actually not there when he when he goes to see her, but he does see the explosion spot where his original where the original Donald from last season died and exploded when he was fighting Omni Man. And he goes over, picks up his glasses and that, you know, he's basically having a Westworld moment, like a, Mm -hmm. what the hell am I? Like, am I real? Like, is this what's happening? Cause he's like, he's having an identity crisis because of Debbie's comment earlier this season. He wants to figure out what the hell Cecil's not telling him. And then we have that scene where he goes back to Cecil's and he sees, he like tries to hack in, sees the film, sees the footage, but then tries to prove if he's a robot or not, I think is what he was going for. Kind of like, Westworld or blade runner where he cuts yeah, his arm runner to see what's thing. inside yeah. and, but he's bleeding so i don't know but the knife bent too which is another thing is he just like a strong i don't know so throw some theories at me <laughs> and i'll tell you how good i feel about this cuz no i don't I
0: mean, know i can think of theories for pretty much everything else in the show but this one just eludes me completely i i legitimately have no idea what the gain is from cecil not telling donald of what the fuck's going on right i i, I don't get the angle of that i I don't get Donald's part in all this and how if maybe was he like originally somehow a soup or the only thing I guess I'm I'm gathering here potentially is a theory. This is just me right on the spot. You you, th- you asked me to think of a theory and this is me doing it, it is mm-hmm. something to do with maybe Alan and how like that technology of like creating Alan and like a superhero to go against Omni man. Like the only thing I think and think of is like Cecil somehow got his hands on that technology and is using donald as the experiment i guess because now like we did mm-hmm. see i think I don't, I don't know if you mentioned it or not but the tip of the knife bent so yes right. he was bleeding it, it struck something that was hard enough to bend the knife and so i guess that's my only connection i have right here is that it's maybe something along the lines of the technology that the Enopians had to create alan
1: okay so so you took it as like he cut into his arm and hit something that bent the knife instead of it taking enough power to bend the knife to even cut his arm that's how i took it like his skin was really hard and he didn't realize it but you're taking it as there was like metal or something inside him
0: yeah i guess like if it like i was thinking maybe the flesh on him you know is soft like normal but like his bones are specifically what's strong
1: okay because if it's my if it's my route it's more likely this is a stupid theory but i'm just saying it to make to, to kind of put a, you know, like to encapsulate this a little better, is my route is I thought the knife bent because the skin was hard, like like he is part Viltromite as an experiment from Cecil or something to make stronger humans, mm-hmm. like you're saying. You're taking it like he is, he is literally just like a robot and potentially just like AI I guess I was, com- I think I was combining
0: Cecil. the two theories. Like I, I didn't think necessarily robot. I just think maybe he's just the the beginning product, like a prototype of again like a programming, like Alan of,
1: I like that idea. No, that's definitely
0: like the flesh wasn't fully, you know, maybe what they were looking for, but they got the core of it down with the bones, you know, the bones are, I legitimately, this is me that you asked for a theory. This was me thinking of one right on the spot. And that's all I could think of.
1: No, it's, this is so (laughs) weird to say that this is one of the most mysterious and interesting storylines of this show. When we're talking about fucking aliens and stuff like it's crazy, but it
0: is interesting. The next question is like, why? And, I have no fucking idea. It's just the only thing I can think of. Cecil. To strengthen the defense of Earth is the only thing I can think of. But yeah, Cecil's definitely sketchy, sketchy, sketchy.
1: Yeah. So um, let us just finish Debbie's storyline, and then we can get right to Mark and finish this strong. Because there's two more scenes after Donald has his identity crisis, and that is Art, the suit maker of Supes, shows Mm. up and talks to Debbie Gives her some messaging and and tries to like talk her through getting over Nolan, which directly leads to her eventually throwing out all. Well, I guess she sees Cecil first. He's trying to pay her off to say like, hey, let's like let's reel this in, like stick with me. I'll take care of you guys. And he's done with her bullshit to get leverage over them. So she kicks him out and then she throws out Nolan's books who spoiler for the other buckets find out that there's some hidden secrets in here that nolan wants mark to read so he can either learn about his dad more or find some sort of weakness for the Viltramites that he hid in plain sight so yeah, that's all books, of debbie's stuff
0: what do you think the significance are of are the books i guess is what i'm asking do you think he, he wrote them do you think where do you think he pulled these books from if he i
1: think it was just his way of having a plan B of have some sort of either weaknesses or information, maybe coordinates of where Viltrum is. So Mark can go and save his dad. I think it's just going to be like a back, like some information that Mark, that Nolan made as like a backup plan.
0: Yeah. Now that I'm kind of thinking about it, maybe because we don't know how actually old Nolan is. And have they ever confirmed that like Viltrumites age? Yeah. They're they're, They have way. So what then I'm kind of thinking maybe is, you know, they weren't all like a set, like they, it wasn't a series of books, like it wasn't a set of books. It looked all random to me. So maybe they were souvenirs from places that he's conquered in the past. Maybe potentially, you know, he's gathered books and information from all these planets that he's been to in the past. Maybe he makes notes in all of them, and some of them might be emotional notes. And maybe that will help Mark understand his thought behind, you know, weaker species. But that's yeah. the only thing I can really think Could of. Could also humanize
1: not. Nolan a little bit more to make Mark more willing to forgive him and then go yeah, save I just, him. I don't know. Yeah.
0: So I think I'm taking the mess, they're going to be like journals almost of his travels.
1: That is a very realistic possibility too, which I'd be fine with because Nolan's dying, not dying words, but final words are like, remember all the good I did and then go and read my book. So there's a chance that it it's totally just like journals, which I'd be satisfied with that answer as well. I
0: hope they're journals. Like I want a perspective of
1: him young fucking nolan in his prime just murdering planets and shit (laughs) the
0: moment we get young omni-man is going to be that backstory is going to be so cool yeah
1: all right well speaking of omni-man let's let's dive into it because i've been waiting to talk about this storyline we're back on thraxa and it is right after mark gets mind blown that his dad is now the, the king or the monarch of this planet and we step away for like one second to get a quick backstory of Omni-Man and like what happened in between season one and this episode, the season one finale and this episode. And I did not expect this at all. For some reason I thought Omni-Man at the end of the season was like just Caving on Earth and going back to philtrum Yeah, I know you were kind of predicting that he probably just went somewhere else. And it seemed like he was about to kill himself. He was about to fly right into a black hole because he was so depressed. Mm. He's just flying through space mindlessly. Like you see his facial hair growing. He's been just going straight for you don't know how long months, whatever it is, and he's ready to to finally just kill himself. And that's when he sees the Thraxan ship being sucked into the black hole. He saves them and then becomes the king of Thraxa and ends up meeting who we find out later is his, I guess, his wife as well as Andressa. And then having the little baby brother, Mark's half alien brother. Uh, So all of that just gets covered in the first couple of minutes. And yeah, did you want to bring up anything else about that? Because I thought it was just sick watching him like look into a he goes past a sun. He goes right up to the event horizon of a black hole. It's just epic how strong they are.
0: Oh, no. When we were watching together, I definitely was letting out. So I'm like, that's so cool. The fact that he is able to just withstand being next to a black hole is crazy. just so cool. Yeah, it's, it's such a great depiction of strength here. The brother thing was crazy to me. I mean, I'm not surprised, obviously, with like how his Viltramite mindset is that you know, he went to this planet. It was cool to see him conquer this planet, but in a, a way that he wasn't familiar with by helping people rather than just... Murdering everyone, and so that was really cool to see how he kind of flipped the script there. But the half brother thing is very interesting. I like the design too of the brother. I like how he's purple. I thought that was really cool. I think they has like he might have some like antennas or something growing. With the whole culmination of like this episode in my head, like the only thing I could think of is Omni Man was just trying to build a, a little mini army of just little babies and just to fight the Viltramites back again. There's like, no
1: way that's what he was doing.
0: He was just going around. I mean. It works out well because obviously they only live for a year. So he could just be like, all right, Next. I could live a, a life a life <laughs> yeah. here. Next planet. Let's roll up and the kid's gonna grow up pretty quickly too, apparently. Like he's pretty close mm-hmm. to speaking. And that was like my my first thought is that he's just going around and he's trying to build a little mini Omni Man army to to fight Viltrum.
1: It but, definitely threw me off when we saw the little brother, but how hilarious was their makeout?
0: Just oh, I, like... I needed the replay. I needed the full <laughs> <Yeah>. replay on <laughs> it. Literally watched its voice it Was so funny. I it uh, was shocking, shocking.
1: But uh Omni Man says something here about the kid and about Undressa that kind of I'm surprised I didn't question in the past about the Viltrumites policy on procreating or just having kids like this. But Omni Man says, like it's a very simple rule, we're only allowed to procreate with species that are similar to us. So then basically we can adopt them as full on Viltrumites essentially and That's why earth counts, of course, but this place is an exception and he shouldn't have been allowed to have this kid because if the Viltrumites find him, they're just going to kill him. And Mm. that's essentially what happens. And so, so Omni-Man is saying like, I'll start training you right now. Let's get you pumped up. We got to make sure that we can defend these people. Mark's not having any of it because he's just over his dad. Why would he be the one that has to have the responsibility to protect who his dad's kid is after he almost destroyed his own planet? All that's great. And even you were getting a little hype. You're like, "Oh my god, just fucking train, just go like through a training I, <laughs> arc." And but then the bad guys show up, of
0: course. Like I know your dad is possibly the worst person in existence, but dude, if he's offering you a training session, come on. We, I was so ready to get it, like a little training montage. I was so ready for Mark to just say yes, and then the explosions come in, and Luke and I are just like, "There's no fucking way this is happening right now," and it fucking happens right now. Like you, like you said right before Mark can answer the the question of whether he's gonna train with his dad, it's three Viltrumites who are just sent literally they just beam down the, their whole bodies. Why wouldn't they? They're just mm-hmm. they could just survive the hit anyway. So that devastation alone is just yeah un, uh, like unimaginable and I was not mentally ready for this at all and i'm so glad we got it so it's the three viltrumites that
1: killed alan too
0: right so they killed alan and then they made their way here obviously whoever's feeding them the information is pretty good at their fucking job so Mm -hmm. viltrumites are definitely scary yeah
1: like they they show up and instantly omni-man's like i'll go take them on but you got to get my kid and my wife to safety which they do and before like shit hits really really hits the fan We have this moment of Mark and Andressa getting to know each other a little bit, and it it makes everything. It's almost like he's we're we're paving the path for Mark to eventually forgive Nolan. Like we're seeing the empathetic side of him here. So so like they go to the cave, and uh, what is the the one Viltrumite says when he shows up after like they bond for like two seconds and says, Ah, the great Nolan fathered a child of Earth, and he wants to test his powers. If you survive, you'll come with us. And he just. Classic
0: Invincible gets his ass fucking beat. (laughs) I loved that line. Luke knows again. We watched it together and he said, The great Nolan. I immediately reacted because it's like we never were alluded to where Omni Man Nolan's ranking was in the Viltrum Empire. It just felt like maybe every Viltrum was like the Saiyans. They're all basically the same power level of warriors. They get sent out to different planets to Mm -hmm. get conquered. And, but the fact that they're calling him the great Nolan, immediately I knew that he obviously means a lot more in terms of combat strength for them than these other regular Viltramites. And that line got me so hyped. But again, just watching Mark get his ass kicked, will just never not get old, to be honest. I just, dude, think it's so when, funny.
1: <laughs> when the first Viltramite that's there is like messing up Mark and he just puts his finger right on his head, just oh a single God. finger and starts pushing him down. And then the um, like man a-
0: shows up. That was yeah. legitimately like an anime moment. Just when you know you meet someone and they're just their power alone is just keeping you pressed to the ground. Yeah. It's just, that was it. Literally felt like I was watching an anime with that scene. But I was geek. I was fangirling so hard at that moment.
1: The fight was short, but it was fucking awesome. It was, they're just mm. going at it so hard, and eventually Nolan just has the best little like full on flat hand slice to open his guts out, and then just fucking shoves the the whatever the cave piece into his stomach and you think he's dead the stalag but was it, was yeah it, i was i didn't want to upside- guess
0: <laughs> was it coming from the ceiling or was it coming from the ground i don't remember i
1: think he got the ground one but i okay I so it's a stalag
0: the- mic because the slag tights hang tight to the ceiling <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that's where we why go? we're not total idiots <laughs> <laughs> we're not total idiots it's it's funny because omni-man has obviously also been introduced to to mortal Kombat, and i've like seen some of the finishing moves that he mm-hmm. does in there and these these finishing moves are straight out of fucking mortal Kombat. you know just the the fact that he's just opening them up and okay he's dead like you don't need to do anything else but instead he jams the fucking stalagmite into his open wounds and it's like that's just it's like the mortal Kombat mm. just such unnecessary finishing fatalities moves, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> fatalities but they're just awesome to watch but mm-hmm. i jumped the gun because he's not actually dead right so.
1: um i'll just read the summary points of all these next pieces and then we'll just talk about it all because this is like really the the climax of all the action that goes on between the viltrumites because after nolan kills that quote-unquote kills the first one they go back to see what the damage is of the other like basically what happened to the rest of the planet it's almost all destroyed everybody around is is dead and there's the two left the two viltrumites that participate in killing Alan uh they show up and it's just like an instant split into a one verse one where nolan's gonna fight the guy Mark's gonna fight the girl they're both like going back and forth Mark's mostly getting his ass beat Nolan and the and the other viltrumites are kind of going back to back you could mm-hmm. tell Nolan's still like the guy but he is taking a lot of hits here and they're helping each other man's helping Mark out whenever he can but he he basically gets him to the side and says yo You need to fight like you're gonna kill or you're gonna die, and I'm gonna die trying to help you, and then everybody here's gonna die, everybody on Earth's gonna die. So fucking stop pulling your punches. And this is like the first time of the whole show where we have a glimpse into how strong Mark is, and he's finally like on the on the punching side. And dude, I'll just say right now, I love how the the girl Viltrumite fights with her
0: hair and like the
1: blade at the end. That was so
0: fucking cool. From the moment she was introduced, her design, I thought, was incredible. So I like how first the hair kind of loops around like a scarf almost and the knife kind of just like hangs over her chest. Yeah. And then she whips it out. I'm like, okay, that is clearly going to be a weapon. And She starts swinging her head around. I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is so cool. She's like, not only is she a viltramite but she also has like a blade attached to her hair. Like it's just, it was so badass. These fight scenes, they are definitely incredible. incredible. Every one of them, is choreographed to perfection the cgi is always amazing there's just really not much to say because they're just always going to be great the blood of course just makes me nauseous still it's it's crazy it's like i know it's animated but there's just so much of it and like they are taking tough hits like there is that flash of each one of them getting hit and it's like you know a knee to the chin and just Mm -hmm. like brute punch to the square under the nose it's it's not for the for the faint of heart you know it's it's definitely gruesome and then predictably
1: in the very tropey way that it is, Mark is about to kill the Viltramite and then hesitates, so he gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. But then Nolan shows up, murders the shit out of the first guy by like oh, slamming was... his head together, which was fucking incredible. Again, and then just... ends up having to fight the girl too, who who ends up killing the shit out of her as well, like ripping her jaw out too, which mm-hmm. they
0: deserved it. Both of those two deserve to die like that. Oh yeah. And obviously seeing Omni Man get so worked up in his fight against the guy was like, just it gives you the hope for redemption. You know, Um, yeah. he's talking about like, I'm going to kill you for what you did to these people. Like he would have never said that 20 years ago when he first landed on earth, you know, and now he's sympathetic for these people that can only live one year. You know, it's mm-hmm. the anger that he's showing. And then Mark is also, now you're kind of really seeing the family ties here because they both get so fucking angry when they see the dead bodies around him. And that's when Mark kind of flips the script too on, on the girl. Mm-hmm. So they are very similar, man. It's just a matter of like how much they understand their emotions. You know, Mark obviously grew up around humans, so he knows it. Whereas, you know, Omni Man's kind of new to all this, but they are both, they are similar, man. They just, they both get real mad real easy and they can just fuck you up.
1: One thing I'm hoping for the future of this show is that there are more Viltramites similar to the girl that have unique ways of fighting because they're all Superman basically mm-hmm. right like they fly they're strong they're fast they can do all that that seems like it'll get boring if you're just everybody's just the same fights in the same style but this girl like using that that blade weapon like they need to keep including things like that otherwise everybody's just going to be a copy and paste of nolan so i hope they keep getting creative with that and i'm sure they will like we've only really seen four Viltramites, right these is it or five these five on the planet right so yeah and four of them fight the same exact way so i just hope that they in the future don't all fight like that but let's talk about the the guts viltrumite that we thought was dead shows back up at the last moment it looks like he almost breaks omni-man's spine and he like what knocks I, him out I, I, that was yeah. gonna be
0: my comment is i legitimately don't think omni-man is gonna be capable of walking next time we see him
1: well they fucking heal in two seconds so i guess it doesn't that's even also matter. true but yeah. they definitely
0: emphasize that back shot in a way that I Major think it was damage. just to
1: show that he can't fight anymore right now, which is what okay. exactly it was, right? Because then the guy, I... the, the Viltrumite signals back to home base and says, like, mission accomplished, basically come down and, and let's retrieve Omni-Man.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him for them to be able to heal a wound like that, but I definitely took it as Omni-Man. That was a, a blow for any Viltrumite. Like, any Viltrumite that's taking that blow is going to be hurting from that one, I think. But also, but we'll see
1: if you get handicapped like that you just fly it doesn't change any. it's not like you can't move around yeah you're like, right the difference before you would just you're float right instead why. of stand
0: so it doesn't matter you're right i yeah. there's probably no chance but i just you're either that would be way hilarious though if he's in a wheelchair <laughs> just, the rest yeah. of the series <laughs> yeah i don't you're absolutely right if you can fly what would be the point of breaking his spine for the like just for the purpose going forward so you're, you're yeah. definitely right i didn't really think about that but <laughs> i was like so stunned when that happened they have their moment. They just beat the 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 guy and the girl, and they're like, okay, like time to start cleaning up. And I'm like, Boom. this is. I knew I was just there. Wasn't music. Easy. There wasn't any music. Yeah. Things were just there was this conversation. I was like, something's fucking happening right now. And yeah. that guy shows up. It was really cool too because he's grasping his stomach, like he's keeping his insides in his body, like he's he's not just flying around with them pouring yeah. out. Like he literally is holding, like he has the the phone in one yeah, hand and, he's, and his arm around yeah. the other, and just. They're they're fucking dedicated those and he'll
1: probably men. heal and still be oh, a yeah. thing in the
0: future. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's for sure.
1: All right, so these final two scenes are the Vilchumites actually showing up, capturing Nolan and saving this might that called them in, and that's when we we brought up the line. He says, "Remember the good I did and read my books." Probably nothing more to talk about there. But the final thing that happens, which got me fucking hype, was General Creek shout out One Piece shows up. And tells Mark that he partially proved himself as in he was, he was a good enough fighting force that they're going to let him live because their whole mindset is just, if you're strong, you're survived, you will survive. If you're not strong enough, you were meant to die. So he's telling Mark, you have no choice. You're a villager right now. Your father is going to be executed for his crimes of abandoning the post. And you're going to go back and finish the job. We'll check in soon. Prepare. We're fucking coming. And like, scene like that is just so hype we got the face of a vulture oh. that we can hate that's not jk simmons which i love because it's just it seems like we're on the path that jk sim that omni Man's is going to be good So it's just like I love it, and this General Kree guy—he might not even be the top. Like there might be another
0: target later, but he seems like a good face of the
1: Viltrumites for a bad guy for the time being.
0: Total Zod vibes from this guy, but like you said, there could even be someone absolutely higher. It's just so funny. He's giving the details. He's like, "Mark, you got to do this mission," and Mark's like, "Fuck you!" And he just—not even hesitation—just (laughs) punches. Yep, knocks him the fuck out. I just Mark taking punches is just never is never not going to be funny. But what a display, man! Like I said. The show has, this is the first time that we're seeing like multiple Viltrumites come together. We've only ever seen Omni-Man mm-hmm. and what we've heard of Viltrumites has all been through word of mouth. And obviously we've seen the displays that Omni-Man put on, but it's still just like, they've built these villains up to be so great. They're just the embodiment to me of just evil. They have no empathy for any beings besides themselves. They just literally look to breed and just continue their clan. I just love everything about the story that they presented so far. And this guy is definitely going to be a fucking problem. I, and the other comment I have is in terms of like the execution, like I, maybe I'm not hoping Omni-Man dies, but I hope we at least see some villager might get executed because I would love to know what they do in order to kill themselves, you know, like yeah. how, like what kind of machine tool would would it take for them to to execute a guy? So. That's, I'm that's just something thinking. To to.
1: I feel like we might not see Omni Man for the next couple episodes. But Mark, I, is he just going to wake up on Earth? You think because he doesn't know how to get back to Earth? I feel like that could be the cold no, opening. Like he's like, "How the fuck did I get here?" And now he's to
0: figure out how to save Earth. Mike kind of thoughts immediately were that it made it sound like obviously the insects weren't completely wiped out. So I just feel like they'll the the remaining ones will kind of help him recuperate and then help him find a ship to get True. back home. True. His half-brother and the mom, are Andreas, are still in the Andressa, picture. Yeah. Andressa. So I think she would have to be the one to save him. If he's not already healed by the time he fucking wakes up with the fucking Viltrum blood in him.
1: Which he might be. Um, I, How does Angstrom fit into all this? Because that just, it seems like we have two bad guys and neither of them are even close to the same path. So, yeah. I mean, and like However everyone, that fits in is going to be wild.
0: It's just everyone hates Mark is how I'm taking it. Like Angstrom's mission is to kill Mark. And then obviously the Viltrumites would like to take Earth. And if they need to kill Mark, they'll do so. But like again, like you're saying, how does that tie into an ending that makes sense and becomes relevant? Yeah. But but I don't have I don't have any fear of that being a disappointment because I just know this show is going to be incredible. It everything about the show has been so enjoyable to watch. I just I'm speechless. This show is so good, man. It's so good.
1: Yeah, and there's always those extra moving parts to to not forget about. Like the Lizard League is back, and we have that Kraken. That could be something for Cecil.
0: Like, Probably how is that play into in. this? Yeah, we're like, four Jesus, in, we have so much. Like the Maulers still got their thing going on. Yep, it's gonna be fucking fun. Eve has to have a huge
1: part, obviously. Like, however that works, and the Guardians themselves haven't really been too pivotal, but they will be. So all of these moving parts are gonna come together, and the second half of the season is just gonna be so good. So. I guess the next time we're going to be talking, or we'll be dropping a podcast. It'll be after episodes five and six, but through four men, like this season, the show is just top tier. If you want to say S tier, it's S tier, man. Like there's almost, it's just one of the better written shows out there. And I just, I'm happy every time I'm watching it, and I just, let's fucking go, man.
0: Season two has been awesome. All righty. That's going to be it for today's coverage of Amazon Prime's Invincible episodes three and four. Like Luke said, we're going to be covering episodes five and six. So wait for those to release on when episode six airs. If you like what you heard, give Binge Town TV a follow on all of our socials, X, Insta, YouTube, dot, whatever, you know, social media you use. We're most likely there. Be sure to join our growing discord. We absolutely love chatting with everybody. It's an absolute blast. So definitely be a part of that. And lastly, check out bingetowntv.com for our full podcast catalog of organized tv shows anything you've watched we've probably cover it and once again we are bingetown tv and thanks for listening you're listening to the geekscape network